I'm Josh Pollard. I'm Joe DeSazio. And this is Story Players, the podcast that analyzes story-driven video games. Today we are discussing Life is Strange Before the Storm. Episode 3, Hell is Empty, which is the final episode in the prequel series to the original Life is Strange. That's right. So this is our final episode and we are giving you your big spoiler warning right now. We're not going to give you any any moments at all of non-spoiler free intro description because if you're listening to episode three of life is strange before the storm you probably should have played it all by now if you haven't just go back and play them and then listen to our recap episodes of those two episodes also also as another warning because it's been a month and a half or so since the previous episode we're not just gonna spoil things from this episode we'll spoil things from the previous two episodes and from the original life is strange season i guess we're calling it the first game we is how we commonly refer to that so that's your spoiler warning from here on out everything will be a spoiler so overall thoughts josh how did you feel about this episode i know you weren't real too keen on on the last episode so what about this one it was okay i'm not sure that it was really that much better for me than episode two was. I really didn't find this to be the satisfying conclusion that I was hoping for in this, in this series. And maybe after how good episode one was, I set my expectations a little unrealistically high, but while the first life is strange will forever remain in my top few games of all time in terms of favorite games of all time. This one won't. It was good, but it wasn't great. It wasn't anywhere near great. It wasn't even my favorite game that we've played for this season of Story Players. Without getting too bogged into details, can you give me a couple reasons why, now that the game is complete, why this doesn't stand up to the original game? I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that The story was never super clear. I mean, other than I guess this game is about building that friendship between Chloe and Rachel, and they did that fairly well, but there's just so many other things that they brought into the story that just, they never did anything with at all. The biggest obvious one is the fire, the forest fire, Mm -hmm. but there are lots and lots of examples of that. And I found that really frustrating. So that's the biggest thing. It, it, there just wasn't a ton here, and there were so many threads left w- w- without being resolved. Did you have your you know, emotional impact at the end, like you did with the first game? Well, what you're really trying to say here is, did it make me cry? <laughs> did you cry <laughs> during this episode, Josh? And I didn't. I never even... What's your cry factor I, on this one? I didn't even come close. I didn't even get misty in this game even with the post credit thing which we'll get to later obviously but there was nothing about this episode that really got me super emotional overall i'd say i was uh disappointed but not strongly so and yeah it's not like i like i really hated this or anything like that (laughs) but i'm wondering that as we talk through this maybe i'll maybe i'll come around to certain things after i kind of bounce ideas off of you and and see what you think but yeah, right now I'm just sort of disappointed. I, I liked in this episode in particular the concepts around telling the truth versus lies, uh, people who act real versus people who are acting, those sorts of things. Perhaps the 
biggest disappointment for me was the lack of those those big choice moments. Mm-hmm. You know, very rarely in this episode do we see the Illuminati symbol appear in the corner right. indicating that this decision had some sort of importance. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've only made note of two throughout right. the entire episode. And one of them is the very last one. Which, and you know, everything's been leading up to that, so right. that's good. But that means that there was only one other throughout this entire, I think three and a half, I think it ended up being, after I looked at everything, three, three and a half hours. Yeah, I played uh, about of, three hours. Of playtime. And then the ending, we'll talk about it some, but I just, I have a lot of questions. And I think that's what you were alluding to also, mm-hmm. is there's still a lot of questions, especially in regards to, and actually maybe only in regards to its connection to the original game. Yeah. I'm wondering, as we get there and, and talk about it, that maybe I wouldn't have these questions if I just look at this game in isolation. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's get into the recap then. We started the Amber's house. This is immediately after the reveal from the last episode that the mystery woman, Sarah, is actually Rachel's birth mother. So James sits down with the girls and explains his history with her. And we learn a few things. We learned that Sarah was the popular kid in high school. Everyone loved her, just like we've seen with Rachel. Oh, she's exactly like Rachel. Yeah. Uh, but she chose to date James. He says that she was so alive and passionate, but that she didn't really have any far-reaching goals. She just wanted to escape from life, and she did that through drugs. Right. At some point, Sarah got pregnant, and James thought that motherhood would give her some focus, but her destructive behavior continued. After finding that she was getting high while she was with the baby, you know, being the person solely responsible for the baby at the time, he decided to remove Sarah from their lives, his and the baby, Rachel's lives. He made some sort of agreement uh, to send her money each month so that she would stay away from them. He also says that earlier in the first episode, when Chloe and Rachel saw him and Sarah at the park, that they did in fact kiss, but it was a goodbye kiss and it was the worst kiss of his life. I think he said saddest kiss saddest, of his life. Yes, yeah, saddest kiss of his life. She had gotten her life in order. That's why they were, they were meeting. She, she wanted to talk with him. She has been sober for a year and wants to actually meet with Rachel. But James doesn't want to risk Sarah's life of drug addiction destroying Rachel as well. Yeah, this was, this was quite a, a beginning to the story. And I, I was glad that it started here since this was the big question coming out of episode two is well, what the heck does this mean? And this is essentially what our our primary theory was, I think, other than your theory of them being in an open relationship. <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, it, it's not some crazy story that, that wouldn't, that you couldn't see happening. Like mm-hmm. this is the type of thing that does happen in reality. Uh, and it, it's sad and it, it does actually happen. So that's, it's nice to see that the, the biggest mystery of this game is based in reality. It's something we can actually believe, which I guess is actually a little bit of a departure from the original game, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> but that's okay. I, I I was okay with that. Boy, I mean, it sure it sure brings up a lot of questions. Like just immediately after I played, just through that section, I thought I can't wait to talk about this with my wife tomorrow because it brings up a lot of questions of you know what what would you do in this situation of okay, it makes sense to 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 leave this person if their if their lifestyle is absolutely endangering that of 
their child. But then what? Like once they're clean, it's been years, then what? And is it okay to not tell the kid? But I think that those are the those are the big questions for this entire episode, absolutely. Yeah. And and there'll be a lot more information, obviously, as we get through this episode mm-hmm. that will help answer, I think. And that's ultimately, I think, the finale, the the final decision that we make is an attempt to answer all those questions. Right. I really like the way this worked gameplay wise, because this could have just been uh, three people sitting down on a couch just chatting for 20 minutes. <laughs> right. But instead, they gave you a little bit of like interaction and this this flashback concept of well, it's like a black screen and you're looking down on different scenes. Right. And you're kind of going through the years and seeing a little flashback cut scene of of what was going on. So that was fine. I just I, I don't get this goodbye kiss thing. No, I feel like that sense. was just in there just to give that whole first episode. I don't know. Yeah, this this whole goodbye kiss thing doesn't make any sense at all, really. I, I, I agree. It does feel like they they put the kiss in and then we're like, uh, how do we explain this? Oh, how about we say it's the saddest kiss of his it doesn't, life? Like, it it doesn't seems make like sense. that wouldn't be something that he would do. Nope. Nope. Especially with everything else that happens this episode. It, it doesn't fit. As Chloe, you have the choice to talk with James and Rose uh, downstairs at the house before... Uh, heading up to Rachel's room. Did you do any of that or did you just go straight to Rachel? Oh, you had to talk to the parents. <laughs> and uh, I, I was curious uh, when Chloe goes to talk with Rose, she asked her, like, how do, how do you feel about this kiss? Like, you, you've got to be mad about this kiss. And I actually liked Rose's answer where she just said, dude, we've been married for 13 years. I am not threatened by this. I don't expect you to understand. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was satisfied with that response. I sure. thought that was pretty good. That would explain her completely blank look. I still don't think it explains a completely <laughs> blank look. <laughs> so we go upstairs to Rachel's room and we see that for the first time. Rachel seems really interested in stars. Her room has star charts. It has astrological calendars. So Rachel's on her bed, you know, crying to herself. And Chloe wants to try to get her attention in some way. And so she finds a flashlight and like combines it with this nightlight and does this like super bright um starfield projection on the ceiling and that's how she gets rachel's attention and as they talk chloe is comforting rachel uh, as rachel deals with the realization that she's been lied to her whole life and by the end of it rachel decides that she wants and needs to meet sarah this scene like there were parts of it that i really liked the star thing was really cool but in a lot of ways a lot of the stuff in this room really felt more like not that it was there to give you a lot of a lot more depth into Rachel's character, but just more. Can we do something to make this episode a little bit longer? And the other thing that that had me feeling that way is and I wonder if you felt the same way is did it seem like throughout most of the episode, everyone was talking really slowly uh i didn't know you didn't notice that. that oh my gosh it was it felt painfully slow especially in in that opening you know, actually, sequence you know there were i mean i didn't notice it throughout but there were times where i'm like okay right well rachel <laughs> her name is Sarah. like that's how it felt no nah, i don't remember it being that bad but yeah there were a few times where it felt a little slow so there was one other thing that i noticed in this part of the episode that I thought 
might have had some significance and it turned out it it didn't really so maybe either they just didn't follow up with it and by they i mean the the game creators or what i was noticing just wasn't actually there but when in this scene chloe spends a little bit of time talking about her dad you know her dad who's passed away Mm -hmm. and she's been deeply traumatized by this the entire time that chloe's talking about it Rachel's not paying any attention at all, which uh, I understand that she's got her own issues there, but come on, you're, you're not going to pay any attention at all to your best friend. It, it, it did feel like she wasn't paying attention, but I, I don't blame her for that at all. Like if your whole world's been turned upside down and now your friend, well, whoever the person you're talking to is talking about themselves. In this case, it's I I understand it's trying to try to make that connection, right? Of I maybe I kind of understand how you feel. It's very different, but mm-hmm. you know, but I, I don't think that she's she's just lost in thought. I think she's almost like in shock. Could be. I mean, I suppose it could play into the some of the the narcissism claims and stuff that were were mentioned about Rachel's character later in mm-hmm. the game, or actually even in one of the things in her room that's talking about her two uh her her two horoscope signs Mm -hmm. and one of them saying that you know they tend to be entirely self-focused so maybe uh one part that was cool for me that i I don't think that you would have seen is that at some point when they're looking up at the stars on Mm -hmm. the ceiling rachel holds out her arm showing the star tattoo that oh. Chloe had drawn on her wrist saying, oh, I must have known that you were, you really liked stars. <laughs> nope. That obviously didn't happen for me. Yeah, but she, Rachel did also talk about her bracelet. So this would have been the first time for me that she was talking about uh, the bracelet that she has always worn and never taken mm. off. Yeah. Next we have another classic Chloe dream sequence. This time it's back on stage on campus and she's in her aerial costume that she wore during the play last episode. Now, there, there are chairs, four chairs on the stage, arranged two by two, kind of like seats in a car. Mm-hmm. And she's in the back, and her dad's in the driver's position. Now, there is an audience, so sitting out watching whatever is about to happen, we have Joyce and David sitting together. We have James and Rose, uh, and Principal Wells, and Victoria, and... The raven. We keep seeing the raven, yep. the bird, just in around. every dream sequence. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, Chloe and her dad are talking about the theme of this episode, lies and truths. And her dad says, you know, you know, maybe there's a reason we pretend. Maybe the lies we tell each other are less horrible than the truths we, we keep hidden. And there's some more conversation around that. But as always, a truck comes and kills Chloe's dad, which always shocks me. Like, I know it's coming, but I just need to turn my head every time. Well, the shocking part about this one was that it was far more gruesome than all the other ones. Yeah, like, even though this is a, we're on a stage, and we have these wooden chairs as stand-ins for a vehicle, there's an actual truck that comes on stage right, and wipes him out, leaving behind this huge streak of blood on the stage. Yeah, super gross. And that's how the scene ends, is that she's crying over. Well... But there's one other little detail there. What's that? So she's crying over the blood streak that now remains of her dad. Mm-hmm. And it's a really somber scene. And then you hear Victoria Chase yell, boo! <laughs> I, I admit, I laughed. You laughed? I, I laughed. Was, <laughs> uh, I, I, was, I was angry at Victoria 
for doing it. I mean, it like I guess I could kind of see her doing it because she's such a mean person. Mm-hmm. But why did the developers even feel the need oh, to put it's, it in? It feels totally out of place. And I think uh, that's why I laughed because it's completely unexpected. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, I, I really wish it wouldn't have been in the game. So what do you what do you think about this this dream though? Um dreams are important, you know, especially in fiction like this. Dreams mean something, right? Well, and they do, but it it it's a dream that just seems by what her dad says, it just feels like uh an attempt to justify the choices that that James, Rachel's father, has chosen. And I I think it's crap. I I, I don't think that his lies were less le- horrible than less, the truth. Yeah, less horrible than than the than the truth. I guess if you want to use the those direct words, sure, but they're not really. I, I mean, it, it's not. He, he's not trying to cover up for a, a murder or or something like that. Like, yeah, her her mom made a lot of mistakes, and he was trying to protect her from from some things. But these aren't. These aren't life-shaking. Well, it is It is life-shaking if you wait 18 years or however long it is to tell somebody about it. Right. But if you hadn't, then maybe it wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. And we'll get into that discussion more, I think, at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, this, this just felt like a, a crappy way of justifying what, what Rachel's father had done. Part of, part of what I got out of it, too, was that this is the beginning of of Chloe beginning to wonder if other people are lying to her mm-hmm. about her own life. Yeah. You know, she's getting concerned if, if, if everyone's just acting and she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to worry about that. She just wants things to be real. Mm-hmm. Next, we find ourselves back in Chloe's house. She is returning home later that night through her window, but it appears that someone has been going through her stuff. I didn't notice that. What made you think that people were going through her stuff? <laughs> This must be a choice in consequences because she talks about it. Oh. <laughs> so her stuff is like thrown all over the place. Like somebody's been searching through everything. Oh. And, you know, she's, she's like, who would do this? Mom wouldn't do this. David. I bet it was David. Sure. And so I'm realizing just now right. that when I did not consent to him searching my stuff, mm-hmm. I bet you that's what it, that I bet you that's be what it. it is. Yeah. Because her room's a mess, but it doesn't look like someone's been rifling no. through it. No, she things are thrown around and she's looking around and yeah, she's getting pretty upset at David. Okay. Chloe's idea of helping out Rachel is to ask Frank about Sarah. Since we already saw them meet in the last episode, he'll he'll be the one person that they know that might have some information on her. So he agrees to meet at the junkyard in a couple of hours. Now, there's also mention on on my playthrough about the money that uh-huh. I owe him, and I right. wasn't sure if you still had if I couldn't remember what your choices from the last game. If you I, still had the money, no, I gave the money to Drew. Okay, so, but neither of us gave the money to Damon. Right. Okay, so you gave the money to Drew. I still held on to the money, <laughs> and so Frank is asking, you know, for the money, and he's going to meet us at the junkyard, and we're going to talk. Chloe goes to take a shower. She notices that David's stuff is everywhere. While searching for her towel, she comes across some blue hair dye. Love that moment. Chloe is reborn from a nice shower, change of hair color, and change of clothes. Not not a total change of hair color, just just a streak of just blue. Just a streak on a part of her hair. 
But it looks like, and, and maybe I was just looking at this wrong, but it looks like she was combining elements of her clothes, her, her own clothes. It looks like she was taking her mom's boots. And then she also came across a box of her dad's clothes mm-hmm. and was sort of mix, mixing and matching things around to give her her own new style. You know, I, I didn't put all that together, but I, I think you're onto something there. But at the end of the day, you're still given the option of choosing from a bunch of different clothing options. and. You and I both have the deluxe edition, so we had a bunch of clothes to choose from. What'd you pick? Yeah, I still stayed away from the deluxe things. I just like throwing money away in, in that, <laughs> taking advantage of what I have, so I guess. So you're not going to play the bonus episode? Oh, I'm absolutely going to play the bonus episode. <laughs> but this time I chose the dragon shirt. Okay. I picked the punk doe shirt. It's the the Jane Doe shirt where it says Jane and then there's a picture of a doe, a, a, a female deer, uh-huh. and, but it's black and the the letter and the deer are pink. Huh. It was okay. it was a cool looking shirt. I liked it. Yeah, I didn't. Unlike last episode, I didn't come across anybody who said anything about my clothes. Yeah, I mean, so it's just a nice visual thing that. And this would have been the more appropriate episode to wear the outfit that she wore in the original game. I think because we're getting closer to the end yep. she's got some blue hair here mm-hmm. but i just wore it the previous day and i'm like i'm not gonna put dirty clothes <laughs> back on <laughs> in chloe's room there's a beanbag chair i think or some sort of chair and it gives you the option to sit and smoke did you do that no i didn't feel like sitting around you didn't feel like sitting i'm not even sure i had that option so well she sits down and it's one of those you know right i need to come up i need to come up with a term for this because we've had so many now for this game but i feel like Maybe sit and smoke is the appropriate term for it. <laughs> right. But she uh, she talks during the sequence, and she says, one thing she says is, as much as this place sucks, at least it's not full of secrets. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's I, helpful. Yes, that's true to some extent. But it made me think immediately, yeah, except for you. You're the one who's lying about everything. You're that's the true. one who is hiding, and at least in my playthrough, not letting anybody see, you know, search my pockets and what right. have you. She's sneaking in through her bedroom window. Exactly. I just got in sneaking into the house. <laughs> and, and, and it's like she can't see yet that her hiding, her being secretive, is causing pain to her mother. Right. She also hasn't told Frank that she's not giving him the money. <laughs> Chloe heads downstairs, hoping to sneak out. She sees uh, David is making breakfast, but not following Joyce's directions, which I would think would be important because she works at a diner. Right. And she knows how to make this food. Like no one knows how to make bacon and eggs better than Joyce and pancakes, right? (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I I thought this was cool because they're enjoying themselves. Yeah. It was really nice to see Joyce happy. Right. Because up until this point, I've been thinking... Uh, do these do these people even like each other? Right. And we haven't seen any proof or evidence of them having a good relationship. And, mm-hmm. and so it was nice to see this. Yeah. They're not just having a nice conversation while making breakfast. They're dancing in the kitchen. Yeah. yeah they're having a great time. And, and and Chloe even mentions, talks to herself and says something about they seem they seem happy. Yeah. Chloe gets stopped on the way out by Joyce and David. They talk about how they were glad that she came home. But, she, you know, she starts getting evasive again. She, she just wants to leave because she's got stuff to do. Turns out David has something to say before she leaves. And the, the big conversation they have is that after talking with Joyce, he agrees from now on to take Chloe at her word to trust her in order to create a safe and comforting place at home. 
So in my notes that I wrote while I was playing through this part of the game, I have to write exactly what I, I have to share exactly what I wrote down. David is apologizing. I don't understand this world. <laughs> what? Because it doesn't really fit with the original game. Well, yeah, from what we know in the original game, that re- I mean, it's not like that relationship is good at no. that time. But I guess it depends on how you finish this scene. That Perhaps. maybe maybe it would just fit right in. But we know that Chloe at any point in time could. Yeah, she could wreck everything yeah. at any moment. But and so is, could he. Yeah, definitely. He shows Chloe a photograph of him and a buddy in the army. The buddy, uh, Phil is his name, didn't survive. David says, the point is, I've had my share of grief. I know what you're going through. And he suggests that Chloe take the photo for a while. And this is the first of only two actual, theoretically consequential choices that we have in this entire episode. You can accept David's offer or reject David's offer of taking the photo. Before I tell you what I did, doesn't this seem like the weirdest thing in the world to offer to somebody? Why? Because it's a photo of him and a friend that he lost. How does it make any sense for her to carry around a photo of a dude she doesn't like and his dead friend? It doesn't seem to make any sense to me at all. If he wants her to work through her grieving, she should probably have something that is attached to her grief, not his grief. It just seems weird. It seems, it almost seems selfish. Like it, I think on the surface seems like a selfless thing for David to be doing to say here, this is how I work through my grief, but I want you to have it for a little while because it might help you. But in reality, isn't it just asking her to instead of focusing on her own grief, to focus on his? I took it a different way. I took it as he's just trying to make a connection with her in any way whatsoever. Well, and he picked a weird way. And to show, uh, so what he's trying to show is he's lost people too. Um, this guy didn't survive uh, the war or wherever he was, whatever he was doing, stationed, I don't know. And in a way, he feels like he can relate to Chloe, who has lost her father in a tragic accident. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this is just a, you know, look at this, take this with you and look at it because I want you to see me differently. I want you to see me when you look at this, you might see yourself in that and not necessarily to help you, Chloe, through the grief, but just give us that connection to lower those walls just a little bit at least so that we can you know, just take the next step. I think I, that's all I took from it. Okay. So then what did you do? I accepted David's offer of taking the photo. Okay. Primarily because I'm still on the, on the mindset that I'm trying to leave town with Rachel. Right. And it doesn't matter what I'm doing here right now. Yep. And there's no reason to, to start up a fight. Yeah. Like, well, I don't care. So right. let's just, I'll, all right, cool. I'll take the picture and sure. I'm just going to hightail it out of here. Yep. So that was my reasoning. Yeah. So I, despite everything that I just said, did accept the photo for a lot of the same reasons that you just said, but also I wasn't sure how she would actually reject it because I didn't want the photo, but I didn't want her response to be like, dude, that is super weird and dumb. I don't want your photo. Keep it to your dumb self Mm -hmm. because that I didn't want to be rude 
or mean. Like he's obviously trying to do something nice here. So I didn't want to risk saying the wrong things. So yeah. I accepted it and was hoping to just get the heck out the door. Gotcha. There were there were a few times in this episode where I wasn't sure what to say because I didn't know how it was going to come out. Yeah. Chloe stops in the garage for her dad's tools and she notices way more of David's stuff is in there. Now, what are the tools for? The tools are to fix up that junky truck. Do you ever come up with a reason for why she took that truck as opposed to the nice newer truck? That nope. Just- nope. Doesn't make any sense at all. Well, and, and I'm sure some of our listeners are saying, duh, it's because it's the truck that's in the first game. Yes, I get that. But <laughs> that's not a good enough reason. You have to tell us why she would pick the really crappy truck over the good truck. The next scene takes place at the junkyard and Chloe has brought the tools with her and she's fixing up the truck. And she does fix up the truck enough that she's able to drive it around uh, the junkyard. Did you, when you were tooling around the junkyard at a million miles an hour, <laughs> did you have a thought going through your head before <laughs> flying around in this junkyard? She is going to crash. Because that's what I was thinking. No, I didn't think that. <laughs> that's funny. I thought she was going to hit somebody. <laughs> I thought Rachel was going to jump out from somewhere and she's going to smack her. Leaving a blood trail behind her mm-hmm. with Victoria yelling, boo. <laughs> well, she doesn't run over somebody, but Rachel does indeed show up. She does. And she seems to be in a better mood. Like, like the whole thing never happened earlier. Right. I, everything's totally fine. It's cool. But soon after, more people show up. We have Frank showing up and we have Damon showing up. Yeah. Damon's not supposed to be there. This is just supposed to be Frank. But once he shows up, it's like, okay, yeah, I should have figured that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Because. I still have the money. You don't have the money. It's a lot of money. What was it? A thousand dollars? A thousand dollars, yeah. Damon threatens Chloe. Rachel steps in. All of them start talking about Sarah. And Damon especially wants to know why the girls want to find to find her. They don't like them asking around and that they need to stop doing that. Rachel's not giving up, though, and she demands to know where Sarah is. And it's at this point that Damon realizes that uh, this is Rachel, the DA's daughter. Whoops, probably shouldn't let that information be known. Nope. Damon gets agitated and demands to know how James is connected to all this. Frank tries to calm him down, but Rachel hits Damon over the head with a two by four, which is pretty sweet. (laughs) She tries to hit him again, but Damon stabs her in the arm. Fortunately, just the arm. Yeah. Frank is able to hold Damon back while Chloe gets Rachel in the car and drives her away to the hospital. So I have a question for you. Okay. I don't have the money anymore, but you did. Does anything happen with the money in the scene for you? Yeah, they ask for the money pretty early on. And I can say, you know, I don't have it. Or there may have been an, an option that was just kind of like change the subject. But I said, I've got the money. It's right here. Take it. So you gave it to him? Yes. Okay. Because I don't, as soon as I saw Damon, I'm out, you know? <laughs> I'm not messing around here. Well, then why didn't you give it to him in the first place? Well, we talked about that last right, episode. You were and he scared the crap out of me in the dorm, right? <laughs> yeah, the money thing just didn't help at all because Rachel is so insistent on finding out about Sarah. I did want to talk a little bit about the fixing up the truck uh, at the beginning of the scene. Yeah, and it just reminded me of how little gameplay there is <laughs> in this game, right? And this is this is a little puzzly, right? But the only thing that you have to do is just match the tool with the thing that you're fixing up. Right. And I was able to get them all the first try because of my limited experience with working on cars. 
Um, but even if you didn't know, you only have like two or three choices. Right. And it just, it just made me think about the first game. And I, I really miss those puzzles. They weren't that elaborate, but they were no. a little bit more in depth than this. This, this just felt like busy work. Right. Yeah. A, a lot of this felt like busy work or people talking slow or all this extra stuff just to kind of extend out this episode. This was one of those things that felt like. I really just want my time powers. That's all. To fast forward past working <laughs> on the truck. Next, we're at the hospital and Chloe is dropping off Rachel to the emergency room. Chloe's just, all she can do is sit in the waiting area and hang out. Rachel's parents arrive. James comes back out and says that Rachel will be all right. She's recovering. James says Rachel will be all right and that she's recovering. He and Chloe then talk about what happened. And he, James believes her and he is all too familiar with Frank and Damon, which makes sense because he's the DA and he's her. Yeah. He doesn't seem surprised at any of this. Steph shows up. Who's Steph? Steph is the friend of Drew and Drew's brother, Mikey, who you played, hopefully played the role playing game with during the first episode. So she shows up and it's like, oh yeah, okay. Drew's still in the hospital. Yeah. And she's visiting there and invites Chloe in their room for a quick visit. That seems optional, though. I think you can just bypass that altogether. Yeah, I think you totally can. But did you? No. No. So you can talk to uh, Drew's dad, who's on the phone outside yep. the room. And then you can go in and and chat with everybody there. So did you go in and, and talk with them then? I did. Did you ask about the pudding? I, nah, I don't think so. Neither did I. What was the pudding about? Well, if you noticed at the very end of the game when you're going through the various options that mm -hmm. you had, there was an option that was labeled, did you spar with Drew over the pudding? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't do that because like you, you look at the pudding mm -hmm. yeah. and, and she says like, hmm, that actually looks yeah, really I, good I remember or, that. or something yeah. like that. And apparently there's, there's an, an action to, to talk about it. And I kind of wanted to go back and just play that section or maybe look up a YouTube video yeah. of it because it sounds like it's funny. Hmm. And if, from what I read, if you do it, then he lets you sign his cast. Oh. And I didn't do any of that. No, he kind of, he was ready for me to leave. Yeah. He, yeah, he was. He's like, okay, I, th I, th I think I'm getting tired now. Did you, while you were in the waiting room, did you see another couple walk in? Not that I recall. Did you walk back towards... It kind of would have been like behind the, the area where you were sitting and to the far left. If you walk back towards there, there's an, another entrance into the waiting room and a couple walks in. It's the couple from the first game, the couple that you stole the wine from. <laughs> They're there. <laughs> I loved this. They're there because she's pregnant and they're going through one of those like... Oh, Lamaze what, classes? Or well, right? they didn't say Lamaze. It sounded more like a a class that you go to, to, to learn about parenthood uh -huh. and they're super excited about it and nervous. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, that's, that's cute and sweet. That's funny. Yeah. No, I went straight for the vending machine <laughs> and uh, tried banging on it once yep. to get to, to get the food or whatever. And mm -hmm. it didn't work. And then I thought I'm, just, I'm not going to bring any more attention to myself. I so. did it a second time and it still didn't make the candy fall. <sighs> and People were really starting to notice at that point, so I didn't try a third time. 
we do see firefighters come in. Yeah. And they're in the hallway. Like if you walk down toward Rachel's room, so between Rachel's room and Drew's room, they're in the hallway. And I, I played the subtitles on and there were no subtitles for this, but I thought I overheard them saying something like that the fire, the big forest fire is, is now out. Yeah. Did you hear why? It seemed like it wasn't under normal circumstances. Right. They said that the fire just somehow extinguished itself. What? What? So what does that mean? Like one of the most, the big thing of episode one is OMG, these girls just started a massive forest fire. And then there's almost no discussion of it in episode two. And then we get to the last episode and uh, yeah, we're, we're not really sure what to do with the forest fire. So we'll just have it put itself out. Are, are you kidding me? That's what you did with the forest fire. It really meant nothing. The only thing that it was really used for was the dream sequence in episode two. That is disappointing. <laughs> that is beyond disappointing. That is disappointing, Josh. I mean, I kind of got the impression we see it later on, right? It, when you're driving to the mill. Yeah, you see the effects of you it. See, you see, and I thought, well, you know, maybe it just ran out of trees to burn. I don't know, like it just hit the road, you know, and there was nothing for it to, to continue on to. But I, does it, did it sound like it was, it was like a mysterious thing? Like, can we get back? Can we just please bring back some like supernatural stuff? They didn't understand why it went out. So the other thing that's there, because the firemen are there because there's like a, a fireman respite sort of thing where the fireman can go to get a little bit of extra medical attention from dealing with Mm -hmm. a fire that makes total sense there's also a box in the hallway Mm -hmm. for you to donate money to the care of these firemen i didn't actually interact with it i saw the donation box i didn't see what it was for and just kept going did you see it and did you have any you had a thousand dollars no, I had, remember, I gave that oh, to them. No, I wanted nothing back. to do with that. Right. So, and maybe that's why I don't remember seeing the option because mm. I did look at it and I don't remember paying much attention to it. And there wasn't, at least initially, like a, you know, usually when you look at something or you hover over something, it has a look option and some sort of interact right. with. I only remember there being a look option for okay. that. And so I don't remember, like, after I looked at it and saw what it was, that it gave me an option to donate mm-hmm. and it may have been because I was broke. Yeah. And I, if I would have looked at it, I probably wouldn't have had the option either because I didn't keep the thousand dollars at all. And I didn't rob the t-shirt dude in the first game. <laughs> unlike you. One more thing before we go to Rachel's room. Yeah. Did you try walking past Rachel's room? I don't, re- I don't remember trying to do that. No, you should have. Why? What happens? Because there's another room past Rachel's room and the door is cracked. Who's in there? Nathan's dad is in there. Oh. Talking to a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist is basically saying, your son has deep issues and he needs a lot more help than we're giving him. Like a lot more help than he's currently getting from his time with us. And Nathan's dad is having none of it. Mm. He's like, nope. Uh, I'm, I'm not giving you guys a bunch more money. This is crap. He doesn't. He doesn't have these issues. He's totally fine. Boy, was his dad wrong. That's disappointing, Josh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incredibly disappointing. I thought I saw a note, a letter from him, the dad. Yep. Up at the counter. Yeah. He's because he's, he's paying yeah. for Andrew's medical bills, which kind of makes sense because, you know, he wants 
the star football yeah. player to continue to be the star football player sure. and all that stuff. Okay. I'm glad you're exploring all these different mm-hmm. corners of the yeah of the hospital, bringing attention to yourself. So I will to steal say things from the vending machine that I I did do a little bit more reading. That's not the only option. There were other possible things that you could hear. Oh, like it could just be different people in the room based yeah. on different choices that you make. There's one where it's apparently talking about Sam and Nathan and Sam. I, I think there's actually two involving them because I saw some people talking about Sam has a busted lip hmm. and it sounds like it might've been from Nathan potentially hitting her, hmm. but I'm thinking not because the other one that I heard about was that Sam was posing on a bike for a photograph for Nathan or something, which absolutely makes sense because Nathan's into photography and all that, yeah. obviously. And that she had an accident and like fell off the bike or something like that. And he took a photo of her that he really wants to show her at some point later, like maybe while she was unconscious from the accident. Sounds like a creeper. Super creepy. Yeah. Super foreshadowing in the other game. Yeah. There is part of the ending, like what I was calling the epilogue. Yeah. There was a scene between the two of them and I was really confused because I didn't, I didn't understand what it meant. Yeah. And so maybe that'll have something to do with it. Right. So let's just real quick talk about that that, because it's only like an eight second scene in yours. Is it Nathan walks up to her? She's sitting under a tree and she kind of gets up and walks away and ditches him. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing for me. I didn't really understand why either. I couldn't tell what he was holding. Maybe it's the photograph. It might've been the photograph. And apparently that's why, because she blames him for her falling or whatever happened during this photo shoot, basically. And she's just done with him. Last I remember from the previous episode, I had talked to Sam and said, just need to give him some space or whatever. And you didn't even see that whole thing with Nathan and his dad at the, behind the stage and all that. Right. Right. So, hmm. okay. So we do make our way into Rachel's room. Despite the fight earlier, Rachel's happy to be with her dad, who is sitting at her bedside. He leaves Rachel and Chloe alone for some privacy. Rachel asks Chloe to find her mother, assuming that she's still in town. Her dad probably has her phone number in his office. So she tells Chloe the entry code into the office, which is 0722, which is significant because that is Rachel's birthday. Yep, July 22nd. So that's the second code in this season. That is related to somebody's birthday. This is these are not very secure no. <laughs> passwords here. And you expect that from a high schooler, but from the DA, <laughs> may, maybe he might want to pick some better codes. Maybe not his daughter's birthday. Right. The, the most obvious code. On the way out of the hospital, Chloe finds Elliot in the hallway about to visit Drew. He asks if she and Rachel are in some kind of trouble, but Chloe brushes it off. Did he get a little bit aggressive with you when you tried to brush it off? Not, I didn't really get that feeling. He wasn't, he definitely wasn't happy with me brushing him off here. And maybe it's because I brushed him off in the parking lot in the previous episode. So all I've done is brush this dude that off. That could be. And and you agreed to go to mm-hmm. the Tempest with him and I didn't. Obviously I didn't because I was in the Tempest, but, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I did agree to go. Yeah. Yeah. This was another scene that in the moment felt like why does this need to be here it seems like they're lengthening the episode artificially you mean just having elliot there yeah 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 
It it seemed completely unnecessary. Well, obviously now in hindsight we know that it that has, served a purpose. Right, a little bit of a purpose. Next we see Chloe breaking into the house, uh the Amber's house. Apparently there's a key under the welcome mat and she gets access to James' office using the super secure password and starts searching the place. There's a few interesting things. I mean there's a lot of stuff in this room to look at, but the interesting thing that that I saw right away was in an, if you use the computer at the desk, there's an email from Sarah that indicates that James had sent a man to talk sense into her. Mm-hmm. It's just the start of the shadiness. Is this the start? I feel like this is the beginning of now, wait a minute. So, something's not right here mm-hmm. because James was familiar with uh, Damon and Frank when we talked about what happened at the hospital. Right. And I feel like, Everything was okay there, but it's not until this office we start looking at things that we start to, I start to not trust James at all. Chloe unlocks one of the desk drawers and finds a shoebox with a phone and some papers. The papers are letters written from Sarah to Rachel that apparently were never given to her. And there are also some voided checks. So we, we said that there were, that James was paying Sarah to stay away, basically. And however many months now, it seems that these checks have been voided and returned, meaning she doesn't want the money. Right. Sarah's sending the money back. Right. So earlier in the episode, James says, I think more than once that to Rachel, that Sarah chose the money over you. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not really true anymore. Right. The phone contains a single saved contact labeled unknown and after reading through the text messages it becomes clear that james is working with damon so what do you do what does chloe do she impersonates james in order to find where sarah is this is like i don't know simon says but as damon says damon says (laughs) he wants evidence destroyed we don't know what the evidence is so okay we're getting some puzzly things here Mm -hmm. let's figure out what the what the uh, what the evidence is it's a glove it's a glove I I totally accidentally hit the glove. I hadn't even finished looking at all the things yet, and I hadn't like looked at the clues, mm-hmm. and I accidentally hit its glove. That's the one I need to pick. Oh, and I was right. It was just yeah. a, it was just a guess, though. You got lucky. Yeah, I, I looked at the clues. Yeah, well, it was like, like this seemed like something you didn't want to be screwing around with, Joe. <laughs> so Damon says, "Destroy that," and we do that, or Chloe does that. Damon says he wants to know which of his guys is a snitch. Yeah, and I tried deflecting, but that didn't work. He really wanted to know who the snitch was. Who did you say it was? I couldn't figure it out. So I was like, well, this Sheldon dude seems like the worst of them. So I picked Sheldon. Yeah, I picked him too. Because his paperwork said has been very cooperative. Right. No missed check-ins. But that wasn't. Nope. It wasn't him. Who was it? It wasn't my t-shirt guy, was it? It was cool looking at the board, seeing all the pictures of the people that you saw in the first episode. There's t-shirt guy. There's guy with the flower pattern on his motorcycle. It was Thunder. Is Thunder, Thunder. the motorcycle guy? I don't know. If it is, there was no way I was going to implicate him because he was cool. Yeah. He let you into the club. It might have been him. Damon wants his money back. Apparently, the police have confiscated thousands of dollars and a nice big wad of money. <laughs> Cash. So we. Uh, take the picture with the phone to show that we have it. And he shows a picture of Sarah being tied up at the mill. So we hightail it on out of here. No, you try to, but right. you can't. Because, wow. 
Elliot comes. Creeper, stalker, Elliot. Wow. <laughs> like I, I wasn't expecting this. This no. is a complete one. Like I, this is a complete curveball for me. He shows up at the house. Like, how did you get here? Mm-hmm. He admits that he followed her from yep. the hospital. But what was really thrilling me is that he was kind of talking some sense for a oh, little yeah. bit. Just because he's crazy doesn't mean he's wrong. <laughs> he accuses Chloe of, of getting involved with the wrong people, that she's being manipulated by Rachel. He cares about her and doesn't want to see her hurt. He wants her to pay attention to him, not Rachel, and doesn't allow her to leave the room. The only way out is you have to do some rap battles uh, and try to secretly call the police Yes, while talking with Elliot. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's, there are a few things I want to talk about here. So he, I think he's saying some possibly legit things about Rachel being yeah. bad. So I have them written down here, and I'm just going to go through them. First night you hang out, what happens? You end up in a fight, and then you say, well, it's not her fault or whatever. Yeah, and it wasn't her fault. It's never her fault. That's the point. The next day she convinces you to skip school. Magically, she barely gets in trouble. Was she protecting you when she made you take part in a play you didn't want to be in? Rachel is an amazing actress. She's fake. You're real. I hate to see her manipulate you like this. Just look at where you are now. A high school dropout, hanging out with criminals, and breaking into houses. Okay, so... So, so some of those things were correct, but some of them aren't. <laughs> are they? Well... I'm not breaking into a house. I get it, okay? Okay, but you've always been... Well, not always, but basically since your father died... You've been hanging out with criminals and stuff like it's not like Rachel introduced her to Frank. Frank has been her dealer for a while. Yes. Good point. You can't call Chloe the real one when earlier in this episode of this podcast, you brought up that she's the one who's telling more lies than anybody else. Well, mm-hmm. except for maybe James. Family. Yeah. But yeah, she's not being real. Yeah. But for a moment, though, I thought, wait a minute. Is this guy right? Am I am I being manipulated? Because oh, yeah. because James talks about his relationship with Sarah and how destructive she was, and we've already seen those parallels between Sarah and Rachel. Mm-hmm. Maybe what Elliot is saying makes some sense, but no, this is a this is a classic nice guy, right? Who has put her up on a pedestal, has a certain image of what she is that doesn't acknowledge that what the actual truth is. Right. And says, says things like, we have a lot to talk about and I don't care how long it takes. We're not leaving until you see that I'm right. <laughs> this is a guy who feels like he's owed something because he's, you know, done nice things for her yeah. and has treated her nicely and wants to know why all of a sudden he doesn't get the prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Total stalker. Absolutely. Totally a stalker. So you call 911 and that's when we get into this, this back talk challenge. I was flawless in the first game, right? I did fairly well until we started talking to Skip in the last game, (laughs) and I got him so mad he quit his job. So what? Here's your your last chance. This is the last rap Last chance. Screwed this one up, too. (laughs) I've been doing well with these rap battles. This one I did not. You didn't do it either. almost immediately. Yeah, I I got the first one correct and the Mm -hmm. second one wrong. I had no idea what to pick. I was, I think, I think I was just getting too. You don't have much time. Well, you don't have time, but I feel like I was just trying to get to the point too quickly. Mm. Where I, there were, there were, remember, you're supposed to pick something that has more to do with what he just said. Right. 
you're like you're playing off of his words and turning them around on him. But I think I was choosing things to get me more direct to the information to the police that I needed sooner. It sounds like we might have picked the same yeah. exact response. And it tips him off. Yeah. Well, that stinks. I was hoping that you would have, have, have won it because then we could compare notes on no, that, what happened. That there. ends. And then I throw the, Chloe throws the trophy through the window. Right. And that sets off, sets off the security alarm. And that's how she's able to get out of the yep. building. Yep. Everybody, the, both, both characters bolt in different directions, which also doesn't really make any sense. Like, why wouldn't he continue to chase her? Because he's a creep. Well, right. Stalker. He's a creep and a stalker, Ooh, so he ought not... to continue to chase her, right? So wherever Elliot goes, hopefully to jail, Chloe gets in the truck and drives to the mill. So we see her driving on the road on the way there, and she gets distracted and nearly gets hit by a truck. Mm-hmm. Not unlike her dad. Right. Well, I guess the lesson's not learned there. At least in his case... It wasn't anything that was his own fault. No. Truck ran a stop sign or a red light or something. Right. So she pulls over and gets out of the truck and we see that it's in front of the smoking remains of the burnt forest. And that kicks off the imagined conversation with her father in which she wonders if he ever lied to her in the way that the Ambers have lied to Rachel. This felt like it was supposed to be meaningful. Yeah. It just wasn't to me because... What would he have even lied about? Like, we don't even have anything that that we might think that he could have potentially lied about. So I, I have an answer for you, not to that question, uh, but to maybe the point of the scene. But I'm wondering if it plays out differently depending on, what, on the choices that you make oh. during this conversation. Because there are some, I mean, there are dialogue choices. Yep. I, I can read basically what, what, I, what happened because it felt important to the to the themes of of truth and lying and and lying to make people happier i guess and to protect people and to protect yeah to protect so chloe says hey dad did you ever lie to me something that might hurt me to know and he says what do you think and i responded with i suppose everyone lies and he says would you love me less and i said depends on what it was And he says, that's the trouble, sweetheart. The truth is risky. And the idea of you loving me even a little less, I don't think I'd ever want to risk that. So what I took away from this is that, is there something that he is keeping from her? I don't know. But if there were, and he knows that if he were to tell her the truth about it, there was the chance that because of her learning the truth that she might now not look at him the same or Think of think of the relationship as not being as good and just, you know, loving him less. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to take that risk. And that might be a reason for hiding something. Yeah, it's a crappy reason. But sure, it's a reason. But, but, so, but it so did you not, give you it doesn't but it doesn't give you any hint as to what it might have been. Well, of so course what's not. the point? Well, of course not, because at the end he asked, Do you want to know, are you ready to know what it is? Or, you know, the the answer to your question of is there anything that I, I lied to you about? And I'm like, yeah, of course, I want to know. And he's like, I'm dead. I can't give you, you're imagining this whole thing. I can't tell you anything. Right. So there never could have been. Right. I I know that I chose some slightly different options. Like I I chose the option of you didn't lie to me. Mm -hmm. But most of the other things that you said there also happened for me. Okay. So Chloe arrives at the mill, which is barely standing because of all the damage caused by the fire. She finds Damon talking with Sarah, who is still tied to a chair. 
they're talking. Sarah says she just wants to see Rachel. Damon says James wants her out of the picture. And we see that Damon has a syringe with some kind of drug that he's planning to inject into Sarah. So, hey, good news. He's not there to kill her. That's true. That is the one redeeming part of this this part of the story. Yeah, it's. I thought he... <laughs> James wants her out of the picture. Okay, we're somehow going to just completely just eliminate her and right. kill her. So that is that is true. What if, what if... This is all a dream. <laughs> Damon would have killed her and buried her in the junkyard. Ooh. Chloe interrupts the conversation, but is beaten by Damon. He realizes it was Chloe who was behind all the text messages, and he injects Sarah with the drug. Frank arrives. Apparently, he's had some kerfuffle. With Damon, he's, for, for, for my playthrough, he's, I don't know, like he's shot or stabbed or something. Right. But Frank shows up to challenge Damon. The only thing that we see is that Damon kicks Chloe in the head, knocking her unconscious. So I can understand how Frank is hurt because something must have happened when Frank grabbed Damon in the junkyard to give Rachel and Chloe time to escape. But why is Frank here? How does Frank know to come here? Never explained. He just shows up. Well, when you get to the mill, you see the RV outside, right? And we see blood streaked on the side of the RV. Yeah. So I I took that as whatever happened with Frank happened there at the mill. Not that this is something left over from the junkyard. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. But to your point, though, I don't know what would be causing it. Whatever caused this particular incident we didn't accuse Frank of being the snitch. Right. That would make sense. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know. When Chloe awakens, Damon and Frank are gone. Sarah is there, but she's no longer tied up. Uh, The two of them talk about Rachel. Sarah demands that Rachel never find out about this whole thing being ordered by James. The idea that we're going to inject Sarah with the drug that she's worked so hard to wean herself off of. Mm Mm-hmm that she's been sober for a year to get her life back together so that she can meet her daughter. James has just undone all that. And, and so Sarah says, don't tell Rachel she'll lose her father who has had good intentions. He's, he's trying to protect, he's a desperate man protecting his daughter. And so the two of them argue over whether Sarah even deserves to see Rachel. Yeah, this, this is a big conversation. What do you think? It, It played out kind of how I would expect. And I think I was slightly distracted by some of the other issues, like why the crap is Frank even there, uh, to really feel super involved in this conversation. Like, it, it makes sense. Like, what, what Sarah is saying does make sense. Like, all of these problems that Sarah is trying to fix are her fault. She was the drug addict. She is, is the cause for why she wasn't able to see Rachel grow up and she's taking responsibility for that now. And so the, the way that she's responding does make sense. And it does show compassion from her to not want Chloe to share all of these details with Rachel because she's right. Sarah is absolutely right. If Chloe tells Rachel all of this stuff, then Rachel's relationship with her dad will crumble Mm -hmm. because he's been lying he's been doing super sketchy stuff i mean trying to get sarah re-addicted to drugs so that she'll go away super duper sketchy 
And then in the way that he did it, it, helping drug dealers and people who are under investigation and destroying evidence and all that stuff. Right. Like that's his job. He's yeah, supposed to, and to, to drive it all home and to really hit Chloe, Sarah says, tell her what James did and you'll be killing him for her. You understand that, don't you? You lost your father. Do you really want to put Rachel through that? Yeah. I wonder if there's any other way that this whole sequence at the mill can be done any differently. Is there a way to stop the injection? Is there a way to, I don't know. I don't know. There's one thing that I kind of wanted to go look up, but didn't. And that is that at the end of the game, when you're shown all of the stats, there's an option in there that Rachel does meet Sarah. Mm -hmm. There is a way to make them meet. Yeah, I was surprised to see that. And almost no one had done it. It was 91% of people uh, when I played through it said that Rachel didn't meet her mother. And there is an option, the very last dialogue option between Sarah and Chloe is you ask, is, is Chloe asking Sarah, don't leave. But even if you say don't leave, she still fails. So I'm not exactly sure how you get the two of them to even meet. I, I was reading something about how it, it seems there is a, a sequence of dialogue choices. It might be isolated to just this scene, but there may be some other choices earlier in the game as well that will trigger in the epilogue when we're going through all these different people doing different things at the end of the game Mm -hmm. that you will see Rachel and Sarah meet. But I don't know the specifics of it. Mm. Okay. So the last scene then is back in Rachel's hospital room. Chloe returns to the hospital. Rachel's awake. James and Rose leave the room again to give the girl some privacy. And Chloe's like, I got to tell you something. And this is it. Our final, this is our ending choice here. This is going to give us our two possible outcomes of this whole series here. Do you tell Rachel everything or do you protect Rachel from the truth? Before I ask you which option you chose, did either of the options seem super obvious to you because when when i played the first game well when we both played the first game we both felt like there were super obvious decisions here we both thought differently (laughs) no i didn't think it was obvious at all in in the first game i remember sitting there for a long time Mm. trying to make that decision and then choosing incorrectly I here, (laughs) I didn't spend nearly as long, but you know, I gave it some thought because I personally tend to want to pick one of the choices, but I'm trying to also put myself or I'm, I'm role playing a character and I'm trying to figure out, well, is this something that Rich or that Chloe would do and and what would be her reasoning for it, et cetera. So I didn't just see an obvious answer and pick it. I did think about it for a little bit. Yeah, I I didn't see a super obvious answer here either. First off, I'd like to say that for something as important as this decision, I feel very limited in the two options provided to me. First off, why am I having this conversation right now? This girl is recovering from a stab wound. Well, when else are you going to have it? After she's fine and recovered. She's not going to accept that. You have to have this conversation Listen, don't worry about it right now. (laughs) You just worry about this. We'll talk about it later. 
I don't know. That that's might not delay her work. for that. You can't. That's not an option. Okay, whatever. It's not. There's no way Rachel Amber is gonna let you dilly dally on telling her the truth about her mother that she just found out about after 15 years. Well, Chloe should stand her ground and not just give in to whatever Rachel says. Right. That's totally what Chloe would do. <laughs> she needs to stand up like she stood up to Elliot. Anyway, so number two. So my choices are, right, tell the truth uh, and lie to Rachel. And I feel that if I'm going to lie to Rachel, you know, and this is a legit option to protect Rachel, right? right. If I'm going to lie to her, that's okay. That's an acceptable choice. But I need to end the relationship with her. I can't be part of her life. Because you're going to feel guilty. Well, because she will find out. Because that's just how lies go. Right. She will find out. And I will have betrayed her. That would be very bad. And so if I'm going to lie to her, I can't be part of this anymore. And, and that would be okay. I'd be sacrificing right my potential future happiness mm-hmm. because I'm protecting her sure. from something. I don't know if that's an option. It doesn't tell me that. Mm-hmm. So the only so I would choose that option. I would consider choosing that option if I knew the consequences to it. But that's something that I would have control over mm-hmm. in the real world. So given that I don't know what's going to happen, I do want to be with Rachel. I can't lie to her. I'm telling her the truth. Absolutely. Wow. No problem. Telling her the truth. Those are really great reasons. My my only reasons that I could really come up with. So everyone in the game is telling you to lie. Everyone in the game is telling you to lie. James tells you at the very beginning of this episode, you need to protect. Oh, sure. Yep. Rachel. He uses the word protect. Protect is in the, the option yep. here. Sarah says you need to protect mm-hmm. Rachel. But like you said, if you lie to her, all you're doing is is keeping on the lies that she's been given throughout her entire life. And it hasn't been working out so well. So I made the same choice. Wow. A first. Is this a first? I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that we made the same choice here. Doesn't it feel like you're just postponing it, right? Like you are set, you're giving her, a, you're saving her from some pain right now. Yeah. But you're just postponing it and building it up into what is just going to be even more pain. Right. So, okay, my dad lied to me and did this and you didn't tell me about it. Yeah. Now she's going to feel like everybody's betrayed her and she has no one to turn to. And she would be right. Everyone would have betrayed her in that situation. So describe the ending then. So the ending then is just another set of cutscenes. No, I mean like before that, like how does you say it? How does she react what happens well, so after you say, tell the truth? She's kind of shocked, as you might imagine. And then her parents walk in and she's, she gives a very angry look at her dad, as you might expect. Those eyes. Those, yes. Wow. Such angry eyes with tears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like the, the facial animations in this game were really, really good throughout all three episodes and and that's just another example of where they really nailed portraying the emotions that you would expect to see out of out of these characters so dad seems stunned that that he's been discovered that all of the things that he's done have been discovered we don't see anything from rose she probably wouldn't have 
that have impacted it at all. <laughs> She's just a stone cold rock. And then the the rest of it is is just kind of flashes to different scenes, mm-hmm. like we've seen at the end of the previous two episodes. We go to one. The very first one is in the Amber household. It's Rachel's dad, James, like smashing a glass into the fireplace or smashing something into the fireplace. But he's in his house. He's not in prison. (laughs) Interesting. We see Frank. Frank uh, sure looks like Frank killed Damon because he's got Damon's knife. Mm -hmm. He's got a box of Damon's stuff. And then he's pouring one out for Damon (laughs) at the end. So Damon's dead. Maybe he's buried in the junkyard. We cut to a much happier scene with much happier music. And this is, and I want to ask about this one. This is back at Chloe's house. David is proposing to Joyce. Mm -hmm. What was Chloe's reaction in your playthrough here? Um, nothing really stood out. Did, did they run over and and like hug her? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I watched another and I watched this ending on YouTube. I didn't, I didn't, I was on a different computer, didn't have my video. So I just looked it up on YouTube. Uh, there's an option where they look to Chloe who's standing over by the table and she smiles and then flips them off. <laughs> <laughs> then we see Elliot in his dorm room and it's completely empty. He's ripping up a picture of Chloe. I didn't completely understand this. Uh, what I was left to assume, like, it seemed like, all right, he's packing up his room. He's not going to be there anymore, but it's basically the end of the school year. So it could just be that school's out, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling that's probably not what it was. So we'll come back to that one. We see Victoria walking down the steps and she sees someone taking pictures, but it it doesn't look like Mr. Jefferson. No, it, it's the, do you remember... Do you remember when we did the the puzzle back at school on the way to going to see Drew and try, or trying to get money from Drew? Oh yeah, it's right. like he's like taking pictures of a the, pigeon or a the bird kid or is something. taking pictures of the bird. Yeah, right. I think that's who okay. It is. And the next scene is Chloe and Rachel hanging out by the lighthouse with the raven, <laughs> and which it kind of seemed like that might be the ending right there. I I expected that to be the ending because. Ending by the lighthouse when, yeah. when the next game starts, starts at there. the lighthouse. Yeah, definitely. Seemed like it would have been fitting. It wasn't. The next cutscene is the girls back at Chloe's house. Chloe has just completely dyed her hair blue. And then the last one is the girls in the junkyard checking out all of these tattoos that they have. Okay. That's interesting. I have like five additional ones. Really? That you didn't mention. Okay. So let me go, let me go through them. Did you have one with Steph, Mikey, and Drew playing D&D? Oh, yes. I did have that one. Okay. So they're on a picnic table out at school, and Drew has, he still has his cast. Right. Which could be different. Sure. Uh, when, when I watched that other one on YouTube, yeah. it's Mikey in a cast. Yeah. I knew it. Yep. Mikey with a broken arm. Oh, okay. And we talked about earlier about Nathan coming and up to Sam. to Sam reading a book on yep. the lawn. Principal Wells... Finds oh. Chloe parked on the road next to school. Yeah, that one seemed so meaningless that okay. I didn't even write it down. The girls are in Rachel's room and they're pointing at a map of the U.S. on the wall. Oh, yeah, I did have that one. Again, kind of meh. Okay, and the girls are in the shack at the junkyard and Chloe encourages Rachel to tag the wall. Right, again. Adding, Rachel was here. Meh. Okay. 
Well, I had some other things, but uh, you had the same things. So, okay. So then, endless credits. <laughs> yeah. Then we get to see uh, all the decisions that we've made compared to everybody else. And then there's another scene. Mm-hmm. Probably the most emotionally challenging scene of, of this, at least this episode. Yeah, definitely this episode. I wouldn't say the whole game. It is a, it starts with the camera focused in on Rachel's cell phone and it shows that she has missed 17 calls from Chloe. And as it starts to zoom out, you're hearing the shutter of a camera and you realize that it is the moment where Rachel has been kidnapped and is being photographed before eventually being murdered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then that's it. And that's that's the end of this three-part episodic game mm-hmm. prequel. So I think there's a lot to talk about here. There's a ton to talk about here. Do you want to start with all of the decisions from this episode? So the, the biggest thing for me is when I got to that screen, it showed that 50% of the people who played chose tell the truth yeah and 50 percent chose protect yeah same for me so either that means that people just didn't care and just chose at random (laughs) or they've come up with a situation here that i mean there really is two different mindsets when -hmm. it comes to this yeah and they found something that was right down the middle of there isn't an obvious there isn't an obvious no there really isn't an obvious answer I I did feel like the first game there was kind of an obvious answer and the I don't remember the numbers but it was a huge percentage of people chose Arcadia Bay over Chloe mm-hmm. but yeah to see it be fifty fifty I I hope that it's not that people just didn't care and picked one I can't imagine yeah I I can't imagine going through this much you know three episodes not you know nine ten hours of gameplay and just being like meh. <laughs> Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Uh, so, I mean, there there were some stupid ones in here, like you know, how did you kill the plant? Uh, the ones worth mentioning, I think, are ninety one percent of people did accept David's photo. Mm-hmm. That's higher than I expected. Yeah. I would have expected more people to be like, nope. Chloe would just be like, eh, screw right. you. I'm not taking your stupid photo. But most people did. Uh, only sixteen percent of people decided to spar with Drew for his pudding. I think yeah, those people it, are jerks. You know, and, and, and <laughs> this happened throughout the whole first game too. Uh, the original Life is Strange is there'd be we'd see these stats and you'd be like, "You didn't do this," and I'm like, "I had no idea I could do that." Right. So yeah, I think a lot of it, you know, the, these weird percentages are coming down to that. Only that many people did that because that's when people realized that you could do it. Right. Another one: ninety-six percent of people didn't donate to firefighters. Yep. How many people had money exactly at, yeah. at that point yep. in the game? Mm-hmm. Even if I would have. Knowing that it was an option, I couldn't have. So, and, and the same was true for you. 57% of people agreed with us, or maybe not agreed is the right word, but also said that it was Sheldon convinced. Yeah, convinced yeah I did that notice that. And that was interesting. Uh, 26% of people, though, got it right in yeah. saying Thunder. I, I want to know how many of those people figured it out and how the heck they figured it out mm-hmm. or how many of them just Guess. guessed right. Yeah. And then, like we also mentioned earlier, 91% of people didn't find a way to get Rachel to meet her mother, mm-hmm. Sarah. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the overall game. And not, not just this episode, but the entire three-episode series. For me, 
I think it comes down to the time travel thing. That was a big part of why I liked the original game. Not only from a, a gameplay perspective of throwing the whole your choices matter thing on its head. Mm-hmm. Choices matter, but now you can rewind time and choose something different. Right. That's awesome. Most of the time. Most of the time. And that was also what was amazing about that. They're like, hey, you've got this power. You can do, you don't, you don't have to be committed to a certain decision. But then they take you to the, uh, the scene uh, where the Kate, the Kate is on the rooftop and all of a sudden they take away your powers mm-hmm. and you can't rewind. And you realize you, you've got to do this right. You're not going to have another chance. That was powerful. Nothing oh, yeah. like that existed in this game. Nope. But also from a story perspective, it was interesting to do um, not the moment to moment rewinding, but doing the major uh, rewinds back, you know, years in time to mm-hmm. drastically change the current timeline a la butterfly effect. Right. And you'd be having this conversation with Chloe and you would say, okay, now in a few moments, the Max that you're talking to isn't going to have any idea what's going on. And you need to <laughs> like, it just made you think about how this whole time travel thing works. And, and that was cool, but there's nothing like that in here. And, nope. and, and we saw in the first episode, we, we suspected that there may still be some sort of supernatural thing going mm-hmm. on, but it turns out that there wasn't. I have a theory. And that was a big, that was a big thing for me. What's there your theory? was something supernatural. What's going that? On? The fire. Yeah. It, it didn't just go out on its own. Okay. Elliot has a superpower. Oh no. And Elliot put out the fire. How did he put out the fire? I don't know. It's a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well let's think about the timing here. So Elliot puts out the fire after he's had the police called on him? No, 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 because it's before all of that. Oh, you're right, it is. Yeah. Mm. He he put out the fire and uh, on his way to the hospital. On the way to the hospital, he's like, Yeah, I can extinguish flames. And just at that point decides to do it. Not yeah. before. No, no, no. I mean, he, the forest fire was, was pretty. He didn't want to oh, okay. end it right away. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> so no, there's nothing supernatural about this. And there were before this game released, Deck Nine was saying, "Well, we're not saying that there aren't superpowers." But we're not saying that there are. And I guess so you would say that if you're afraid that a significant portion of your audience would not be interested if there weren't. I guess. So by saying that, you got them at least in to be hooked. And then they end the first episode with, I mean, it sure looked like it, I mean, it Rachel might have had something. Yeah. And she didn't. She didn't, have, she didn't have wind powers. She didn't have the ability to read people's minds or histories in their minds or something like that kind of powers. There's none of that. And maybe that makes sense in the grand scope of right. life is strange in the story and, with these we characters. Didn't need it. We didn't necessarily need it. And that, and, and that's fine, but that's, I didn't enjoy the game as much. Right. Well, because, and I think part of that is that those, the time travel powers of the first game Gave you more gamey things to do. Mm-hmm. It was more than just walking around and having conversations. It was more than just working on your stupid truck. Yeah. Finding a beach towel for your truck. Pirate flag. Yeah. Well, that was, that was the better <laughs> option, obviously. <laughs> I so also... it didn't need it. I mean, we've played other games that didn't have any supernatural powers and loved them. You know, Edith Finch didn't have any supernatural powers. But or, it had some crazy stuff going on. It did have some crazy stuff. And the hint that maybe there was some supernatural curse maybe yeah. 
also coming from the first game, there are certain questions about Rachel and Chloe's relationship that don't seem to be touched on here. And and I'm wondering if I'm just misremembering the first game. I expected, given the, the time frame of all this, that we would find out there seemed to be a breakdown of the of the friendship or the relationship between Chloe and Rachel prior to the beginning of the first game. I distinctly remember that they talked about Rachel sleeping with Frank. Right. At no point do they talk about that during this game, nope. like sending us down that path of why that might be happening. And none of the endings, none of the the cutscenes or anything in the end indicate that they're anything less than completely happy. Even even in the choice that we made with telling the truth, and you'd think that we've been warned that this is such a big deal that you're going to destroy Rachel, she seems perfectly fine. Yep, absolutely. Completely unaffected at all by that decision. I feel like there should have been two more episodes. You know, they said that, well, we're only doing three episodes because that's the story we want to tell. We just don't need it for any more. But I feel like there's more there. Like, if, if, if the point of this story is to cover the relation the relationship between these two characters, I feel like that there is more to mm-hmm. be told. And I know that there's not going to be because you can't have a game of just this breakdown between this relationship and, 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 and make it episodic and more than one episode kind of thing. I feel like that'd be a short right. experience. So yeah, I feel like, I feel like that's, we're missing out on that. But so as I said earlier though, would I feel that way if I hadn't played the first game? Mm-hmm. D- does this game work better standalone or maybe as an introduction to the franchise so so what do you think does it do you think that it would work better as an introduction i mean it's definitely chronologically but you wouldn't watch episodes one through three of star wars before watching episode four a lot of you know a lot of kids younger than us well they shouldn't (laughs) did and they you know that is their thing i think in some ways it could work out better but you know, I don't think if I played if I played Before the Storm first, I don't know if I would even be interested in a sequel. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I'm not sure that I would be either because it's it's a good game, but it's not a great game. It's it's not a great game. I don't know, m- maybe you would be because you did enjoy the time. I I think you would. I'm not sure that I would. I think you would because and they would announce the next one and they'd say, but hey guys, there's time travel and you'd be hooked. You would for sure play yeah. it. Yeah, probably. But I'm not sure if I would. I might just because I like these kinds of games, but I'm not positive that I wouldn't rush into it. I am glad that we played it in the order that they were released because as we discussed in episode one, there were things that were more impactful because we had played the previous game. Showing up at that junkyard was hugely impactful. It's just a junkyard. It's just a junkyard. I am really curious to hear about people who did start with this game and go on to play mm. the original. This episode just came out last week, and so I'm, I'm sure that people haven't had that much time. And I think that we're going to see in the coming weeks and months some stories about people who have done it in that order and i'm interested to see what they think yeah i want to hit on one more thing one more problem that i've got a little bit with this story in this option that you and i both chose doesn't it seem like rachel's dad 
has to get busted by the police. Yeah, that is uh, strange. And maybe we don't have evidence. It feels like we have all kinds of evidence, though, um, right. you, for things that he was doing. You broke the window. So the cops are coming to the house. He's not going to have time to get there to, to hide anything. No. So they're going to see a, a smoldering glove in a garbage can. They're going to see an open filing cabinet with a bunch of evidence from cases that he shouldn't have. There's no way he's supposed to have that at home. Those should be at the police department or whatever. They might find the phone. There's certainly going to be enough to to start asking questions. Absolutely. It does seem like that there were no consequences for him. But, you know, he they just could be protecting him. You know, one of their own. It It, it seems like his life would be completely wrecked at this point. Even if Rachel is happy in all of these ending videos because she's cool with hanging out with with Chloe and stuff. If her dad's in jail, I think that she'd still be kind of upset about that. Well, I think they would have an effect on her. Like, where where is Rachel living? Do you think that she could stand to live with her dad at home? We don't see that effect. Right? What other options does she have? Move into Chloe's house? Why haven't they tried to leave again? Why why are they all of a sudden not leaving? Oh, yeah, that, that's a really Another really we great saw question. them looking at a map in the ending sequence, yeah, and pointing eh, maybe it looked like it was Southern California. It looked like that they were you know planning a trip or something, right, but are they just planning a vacation trip? like she was so dead set on leaving the town, right. What's changed? The only thing that I could think of is she doesn't want to leave because if she leaves, she'll never find her mom you know if if she moves to another state, how's she ever going to find her mom? okay. So maybe, maybe she has a reason to stay now. Maybe. I'm not sure that's a good enough theory, though. I mean, now that she knows the truth about everything, it feels like a lot of what motivated her was feeling things weren't right at home, that something was being hidden from her. Yeah. Well, that's going to bring to an end our conversation on Life is Strange, Before the Storm, Episode 3, Hell is Empty. Man, the whole series. Sort of the whole series, but not exactly because we ordered the deluxe edition like I'm sure many of the people listening to this episode did, which means there is one more episode to play through. I expect this to be short and it's not really at all related to this storyline. Instead, takes place even before this and it is the story of Max leaving town, leaving Arcadia Bay. Before, before the storm. Bef- really, really before the storm. So when that comes out, we'll play it. I assume it'll be worthy of an episode and we'll do an episode of that if it is. But as always, we want to know what you think of this particular episode and the entire series. So you can send us your feedback in a lot of ways. We're on Twitter. I'm at Josh Pollard. Joe is at what color Joe. And the Twitter account for the podcast is at VG Story Players. We're also on Facebook where you can like our page and leave your feedback there. It's facebook.com slash VG Story Players. Or you can shoot us an email, storyplayers at the digital media zone.com, and we'll both get that message there also. Or just leave some comments to this post in the show notes where you can, of course, find that over at the digital media zone.com. Another thing that we would love is if you would share this episode and the podcast in general with your gaming friends. 
do that on social media or just tell your friends that are into playing narrative driven games. And you can also do it a little bit more directly by leaving a comment and a rating over on Apple Podcast or wherever it is that you're subscribed to the show. This has been another episode of Story Players. Thanks for listening. I'm Josh Pollard. I'm Joe DeSazio. Adios. See ya. Uh, what's his name? Elliot. Elliot. <laughs> Do you know that Elliot spelled with one L and not two L's? E.T. Fono. <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> oh, Lord. I remember watching part of that movie in Spanish class. Hey, <laughs> telefono a mi casa. <laughs> It doesn't quite flow the same way as E.T. Phone Home, does it?